0: Desmond Tutu once said, do your bit of good where you are. It's those bits of good put together that overwhelm the world. Haley here, and you're listening to the Bits of Good podcast. Normally, it would just be me asking questions and interviewing citizens, nonprofits, and businesses about the bits of good that they're doing, but in the future, things are about to change. And today, I'm actually talking to the first new co-host of Bits of Good, Deborah.
1: Hi, my name is Asimwe Hilguat Deborah Mela. Many people call me Deborah or Mela. I am a 17-year-old. I live in Rwanda, Kigali, and an a girls' social Owners village. Last year student.
0: Deborah, in her own words, is a leader, poet, and gender empowerment advocate. She's passionate about gender equality and equity and community service. Her vision is to help young girls make their voices heard. Now, I may have not known Deborah for the longest time, but I can honestly say those words are completely true. She's incredibly passionate about helping other young women find their voices. And it comes from a real place that she went through herself. And now she wants to take what she's learned and give it back. And she's gonna tell us today how she plans to do that and why it means so much to her.
1: Well, growing up, I lost my dad at a very, very young age. And given the things I passed through and the life lessons I went um, on having and everything, I, my inner self was caged in a place that I did not know. And I grew up not knowing who that inner person was until the time I joined um, ASYV and I got to pass through different um, Different healing sessions, therapy sessions, and I got to discover who that person was. Discovering who that person was made me a mental health enthusiast because I got to know more about my mental health existence and the effects of um, the effect that one would, effects that one would face with we are because of not knowing what, how their mental health is and how who they are, what the feelings they're facing, and everything. Adding think to the mental health enthusiast, uh, being a mental health enthusiast, I really love learning more about my mental health, about feelings, how to take care of my feelings and other people's feelings, everyone around me. And growing up in an African culture, in an African family, in an African uh, setting, I got to really uh, know and experience different types of stereotypes around ge- gender and feminism and girls. And that made me really want to know more about girls and the problems they face. Where I where I study, I, I live with girls with di- from different parts of the country, from rural places of the country, from advanced or urban places. But all that gave me an insight of the real problems girls face, despite every, the general ones people think they face. And it made me a growing feminist. So um, I'm still a growing feminist and I'm learning how, more about feminism and more about the real and deeper challenges and problems that girls are facing. And I'm really, really passionate on making sure that I as a girl make sure that all the other voices of other girls who are not being able to talk, I'm their voice and yes, I can represent them. I therefore, after knowing a lot about that, got the uh, opportunity, I would say, uh, of being the first female student government president at ASYB. And that even opened opened my mind and eyes to even more problems, not only problems, but also stereotypes and limits that society puts for a girl's child, that society puts for a woman. The fact that no one thought that a woman would speak up, a woman would stand in front of more than 500 people and talk. I I got to really challenge the norms, got to understand that I I will have to be the first person that many other girls would benefit from my first uh, and resilient step because it was really not an easy step, but I stood, uh, it was, I learned from it and I'm happy to say that many other girls have, um, are now standing,
0: enjoying speaking up and the thoughts and limits were now changed. Because you you realize the importance of your mental health and the limitations, you decided to take everything that you learned and to start your own initiative and to pour that out into others. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that initiative? Bell started as an initiative that was meant to go uh, vulnerable
1: places of, of Rwanda in different schools, public schools, and provide a safe space for vulnerable girls to talk and share. But uh, through a deeper analysis of how things might go with us or our team not being around in those clubs, in different parts of the country. We found the need of transitioning uh, the, initi- uh, the initiative to a young organization. And what we will be doing in, uh, in hope of, um, of still maintaining our vision and still impacting the young girls we want to impact, we shall be giving a three-day workshop to the young girls, young vulnerable girls in those public schools, teach them about um, healing, teach them about um, sharing, and also teach them about the soft skills they need to also be independent after discovering the people that they are and uh, developing those people and becoming the independent girls we want to see them. So um, with that, that will come out with uh, teaching them how to also teach the knowledge they've learned from our workshop to other girls that were ne- not able to wish to, to. So we're trying to build a model that will be a model of a, a chain. So us will teach some girls from a certain sector of, the, of a vulnerable, one of the vulnerable places in the country. And those girls, we shall create a safe space for them to heal, to talk, and also grow and learn from each other. From that, we will create a model that helps them to also help other girls that we've not reached into. So these girls will be the next trainers or volunteers to help other girls. And uh, the the follow-up will be easier for us. And also the sustainability of the knowledge that we'll be be giving, the sustainability of these girls knowing who they are, the sustainability of many vulnerable girls in the country knowing the beautiful part in them will be there we are we we are hoping we're we're trying we're trying our best to build a model that will help us reach as many girls as we can and that's uh why we are transitioning from an initiative to a young organization that will hopefully reach as many lives as we can in order for us to um to work with them and help them realize that beyond their vulnerabilities, beyond what people name them to be, beyond what uh, society uh, gives them—the name society calls them—there is a beautiful and powerful person in them, and we help them discover the person, develop the person, and also become independent girls who contribute to the development of their communities, unlike what they've grown up listening and what they've grown up being told by their society, by their parents, by, by their communities because of their vulnerability. When I was growing up, I just lived by what people told me to be. I, I, if, they were, if they had to label me as lazy, I had to go on seeing I'm lazy. Because the real and authentic me was caged in a box that was very, very in a, I love saying that it was in a place that I myself did not know the box was, and it was really, um, it was packed, you know, and when I got to, op, when I got to an open space, like, a I got, I remember my, my first, my, when I first got about, uh, got to learn about healing. It was through a first pers- a, a nomina or graduate story where they talked about how the wounds they had about losing their parents at an early age how they they got to pass through the wounds feel the feelings they had to face and now they're into they were independent and very hardworking working uh, uh, per person so that opened my eyes and i started wondering who am i and all the things that you know we, this is a place where you meet someone and they're like who are you tell me about yourself what do you, what do you want to become in the future and i really didn't know what what, why, what i wanted to become in the future but after very many things i got to experience the amazing and real beautiful person that lived in me i remember i had like some teachers who were labeling me as lazy, and that's that's who I, I thought i was for real but after some time i got to discover that there was a person that i myself did not know and that person was more able than anyone else was thought she was. And it was me to make that person to to let her out for everyone else to see her capacity. I, I took up different opportunities. I um I, I first wife well, first I was first a leader in the dream ministry and everything, there are very many steps I t- I went on taking for me to let that person out. And I came to find that, that person was I was really amazed by that person, myself and I'm that person. From that experience one time I sat on my bed it was around COVID, I was like There's a story I have. There's a person I got to discover I was. And that person, I really did not know who she was until I came to this place. So there are very many other people out especially in rural places of the country who are who grow up as girls who go up thinking their their life ends with finding husbands their life ends with um the teachers telling them you know what if you come and i if, and you um, and you sleep with me i will give you max that's how the by max they get that's the that's the the, the, the end of their life because they grew up um no one they never heard anyone telling them they're beautiful when they're growing up they never heard anyone telling them that they will contribute to the development of their community when they were growing up they only had to make sure that they get over their vulnerabilities so i came up with i wanted to make to use my story to help other people who who are not lucky enough to be in the place i was in and that was through um because I somehow felt them. I felt the feeling they were facing. I felt where they was because there's there's no such thing as it's like one of the worst experiences I would pass through, living by living. You don't know who you are. You don't know what makes you happy or what. You just have to uh, go by the expectations of people and fulfill what they want you to fulfill. And I was thinking about a name. I was like, OK, what do I call this? Were, I was like, Express Yourself. I had different names. But like this name came to my mind, it's Belle. I was with a, a friend of like, what do you think of the name Belle? I felt like, yeah, Belle is good. Belle is, because she loves French. And in a deeper way to me, it was not only the meaning and this pronunciation of the name, but also the deeper meaning to my life personally. Belle means beautiful in French. And in every person, either vulnerable or um Every person in the world, that there lies a, a beautiful person in them. Either they know about that person or have never met that person. Just like I have never met it. I, met, I had never met her. So beyond the physical appearances, there's that, that other beautiful person in you. And that's, I was like, yes, I want every vulnerable girl out there, that one girl who has never sat in front of people to tell her, to hear her, her talk about some of the most uncomfortable topics that will help her heal and meet that person. It's just, yes, whenever I think about it, it's just, it connects, it, it brings me back to that, to the feeling of, um, of knowing how it is, how,
0: of, of really wanting to get to those girls. And what you're doing is really counterculture. Can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about those challenges that you face when you're, when you're coming in with this idea and these, and these truths that maybe people aren't comfortable and ready to hear yet? and you're like, no, people Mm -hmm. need to hear this. This is the truth. Mm -hmm. What challenges and and setbacks do you face in that process?
1: Uh, Like you say, Bell's activities are like counter culture. um, The Rwandan culture, it's for, uh, the Rwandan culture did not really value before, like that's passed very many years ago the a woman was that person that was meant to keep quiet and uh, submit everything the husband told her to submit. She was supposed to take care of the kids and um, just be the person behind the curtains. But and that's that kept on going to, to, to today. You can still see people still having that mindset. But not only that, but uh, there's this other um, thing about culture, you know, culture, the Iranian culture, everything we've met. This is not, a, given the 1994 genocide against the Tutsi, there are many different trust issues in people. And this is transgenerational because there, people pass it to their children and their children and their children. And uh, beyond that, we, whenever um, we sit somewhere to talk about anything, some of the most important topics, 1st like to emphasize that gender equality, when gender equality was introduced, it's generalized. The fact that I Deborah, can stand in front of people and speak, people are like, okay, gender equality is now okay. If some girls are, are in school, so people think gender equality is a general thing. Um, ignoring the deeper the deeper challenges people face, the deeper analysis that girls are being taken as wife materials and sex objects, that girls are still being told to keep quiet despite the, the assaults they're meeting in life, that girls have to move on with their heavy traumas and heavy wounds to the time their wives after being wives to the time they 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 probably die because talking about it is a weak point and mental health is also perceived as you know whenever you talk about mental health you're probably um having a mental illness or you're probably ill so it's it's also stigmatized so those were two aspects that added so much to the weight that some vulnerable girls are working with and um yes this is an experience that one of the I mean, girls in, in the, around my school told me, they're not, in some societies, in some families, they talk about some of the general issues. General issues are like, girl, you have to wear long stuffs, cover your body. You do not want to, um, to um, attract boys. You don't want, to, you don't want to be raped because of your, your short things you're wearing. And all that cage girls, not being themselves they're like I don't have to do this because that will happen to me I don't want to do this because that will happen to me and this is not something they can talk about in their families they cannot sit on the table and be like you know mom or dad uh, what do you think about sexual reproductive health how can I take care of my sec- I mean over my over my of my reproductive health or why why what can I do I feel a bit ashamed that I'm um, that I'm, I'm, people are making fun of me because I'm thin at school and it's affecting my decisions, I, I lose concentration, such things are not things they talk about on the table. On the table they're just like this is how you have to act and period you don't have to, this is it you have to do this and that's it and there's more to that, there's more as I'm basically focusing on those vulnerable, fam- I mean r- families in the rural place of Rwanda because in most cities, not all of them though, in some cities they're exposed to such discussions, so that's Cages, cages, girls in some, in some, um, in some, in some, in some boxes. Like I, like I was it very many years ago. So like, um, not only that, but this set, this like brings them setbacks. What is happening is when I'm trying to talk to someone about bail, they're like um how are you, how sure you people are going to open up and even if i open up how am i sure that it will, it will not be spread the trust issues are coming in so um and plus what do you think you're, you're trying to make girls be um you're trying to degrade culture because short these things are not talked about why are you, what are you doing? why are you doing this i'm like gender equality is more than that yes gender equality is now most is achieved is almost achieved because they think the general part there's like that polished part of gender equality the polished part of me being able to speak, of me being able to come to school. But how many girls come to school? How many girls can think of something and go to the table and talk about it? Very few. So culture still um, is one of the main setbacks or like obstacles I meet in the implementation process of my initiative. But it's something I really do understand. It's not something I um, I, I feel bad about because it is my culture. And, the, and me being here is for me, I read this in the book. It says we make culture does not make people, people make culture. So like I'm here for um, culture. I respect my culture, I love my culture, but there's certain things that we need to talk about and see the relevance and how it's affecting our lives. You know. So that's how change starts, I believe. There's that one step that's needed and everyone will follow once they see the relevance of the work you're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you hit on a really, really important point there because I think a lot of times, when we look at culture or even a country, something that we love and we see the dirty, not good parts of it, the parts that we say this needs to change, people like to assign that comment or that emotion to hating our culture or hating our country mm-hmm. or not being loyal, mm-hmm. all these things. When in reality, when you really love something, when you really love your culture, you really love your country, you really love the people around you. You want to see the mm-hmm. best possible version of that. You're not giving up mm-hmm. on them. It's not saying, oh, this is really awful. I don't want to have anything to do with this. It's saying here's some not really not good things about my culture, some really not good things about my XYZ and how can we what can we do to create the best version of this? to really dig in and, and that is what you're doing. And like I said, I think some people take that, what you're saying as, Oh, well, I, you know, I'm not supportive of my culture. And, you know, I want to like, as you said yourself, degrade my culture. And it's not about that. It's because you love your culture and you love your people that you want to create that change. And it's, you know, helping other people to, to see that.
1: Yes, it's it's some it's like you very you you hit on the point that it's be, it's really because I care about it's really because I care about my culture I care I care about my people. It, it's something that really hurts me whenever I um, I hear about some other gender-based violence case and I, I and I feel like I should have done something about it, but I cannot do anything about it because this is is what is continuing to happen. But Change is what do I do to at least contribute to stopping all these things? And um, it's still so much work to do because the silencing culture is like still there. The silencing culture is still there. They'll be like, okay, why did you go to the guy's house? And it doesn't specify that visiting a guy means that means that we have to, you know, we, they have to, we have, I'm saying yes to a sexual intercourse, you know? So everything, every single part of um consent every single part of um stereotypes every single uh, um, sort of like toxic norms i would say these are things that we are going to be talking about and we open up to like those deep opinions we cannot give because what our parents will be like you're you're getting spoiled your mind is getting spoiled that's not the culture this is how you have to This is how you have to think I was having this debate with my mom last like in the last month and this is this is something they know when they bring up such thing they'll be like uh, she's coming up she's coming again and it's it's not something I I really lament myself about I'm happy that they know that I I am here to make sure that such tear taps at least reduce and adding on that it's um I, I know that it starts from home, you know, so it's not going to be easy to change even the mindset of my own mom and grandmother, but they understand, they are open to these views and sometimes it will hit their, their mind and be like, yes, some relevance really comes into these healthy debates, these are healthy, de- I call them healthy debates because I get to understand. I get to explore more of their their thoughts, how culture has shaped them to be. And I also bring up my thoughts, and they're like, "Um, okay, so let's see this, but this is not how it is. Don't try to bring up. So it's those types of contradictions help me to understand more about okay, what is this really? But what's the foundation, and how can we deal with this? Because more, if we do not deal with this, this is how it will continue being. More generations will come up with um, the, same, the same limitations, the same, the same, you know, same cultures, the same norms that limit their potentials, that do not allow the authentic and beautiful them, like selves to
0: come up and contribute to the development of their societies. And as you're, you're taking on all of this, because this is a lot, this is a lot to take on, Especially, you know, you said, you mentioned you're, you're 17, you're in your last year at ASYV. This is a lot of responsibility to take on. How do you stay centered yourself and continue your process while you're helping others go through their process?
1: Um, thank you very much. I, I that's, that's like a very deep question because it's really because there's academics, there is Personal life, there's social life, and then there is like this thing I'm really, really passionate about, and I have to, and something that requires so much work. So um, first, first thing is I've been learning about self-care, about working very hard but not forgetting about myself, and it's something I was not that was not really um, used. I was not used to this. I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be honest. When I was like the first female president. I had to be, had to double the work that even a male did because I really need, I never wanted to hear an opinion saying it's because she's a girl. So I never, like that's st- the statement. I'm, I really, I'm grateful that it never came out from a mouth of like anyone. And if it did, I had no contribution to that because I know I did my best. So like, um, all that puts pressure on you that you forget to take care of yourself. And, learning being a mental health enthusiast i seeked for help i wanted to know more about how do people manage this i read different books and came up with coping mechanisms so like right now i really do have like some coping mechanism i love writing a lot i write um i pray i um i listen to music so depending on the type of i just make sure i listen to myself and i learn about boundaries every day i learn about um setting boundaries i learn about uh, managing aspects. I learned about taking care of myself every day. This is something I learn about every day because, you know, I, I'm going to come back to culture a little bit. It's women were meant to be, the, you're, not to, you're not supposed to complain. You're not, you're supposed to be that strong person because you're the heart of the family. So that thing I think grew up in me and I was like, I have to be that, I have to be that strong person. And being a strong person, I always listen to some people, crying is strength. When you're crying, there's some emotions you're letting out. Of course, you don't want to like um, show your emotions to everyone, who who, even the people who want to see you fall. But you have to find some space and someone to talk to, and some space to also put energy in you so that your energy can also spread to others. So basically, and like in a short way, I have like coping, I've adopted coping mechanisms for my for my mental health, and also for me to like double my impact and. Yes, increase the impact I really want to have and see
0: in the world. As you're doing all this, and you're you're taking, you know, you're prioritizing self-care, and you're prioritizing, you know, uh, sharing what you've learned with others. How can others now come and support you and this initiative?
1: I think different in different parts of the world, not only Rwanda and Kigali and and Uganda and different parts of like Rwanda, there are different girls who are still facing what. Um, Facing all these stereotypes, there are different girls still living in their dark, um, dark lives. Not to say we as we never have all those tough, tough days, but there, there are those girls who still feel like they're kids who don't know who they are. So, like all over the world, we have that one thing I really love everyone like see everyone how they would join in is to try we cannot help all those girls at the same time or we can help that one girl that one girl that one neighbor that you do not think is um is is e- expressing herself that one parent you think is over pressuring their daughter to get married that one you know that one person you think their actions is not really are not really um contributing to the equal world we want to see so like the theme of this year says like this this all in our own abilities and capabilities work very hard to break the bias everyone i believe in every industry in every sector in each and every ability and personality everyone can make a change for even one girl for one family that way we've got, we're going to be helping each other and if you if anyone needs more information about um culture stereotypes about how girls in Rwanda in Africa can be can be helped i'm very very open and willing to um to talk to them to share ideas and 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 you know opinions on how we can work together to make sure that um girls are expressing themselves that girls abilities are coming out beyond their vulnerabilities beyond their, their the society expectations on them and we're here to support each other we're here to listen to each other's ideas so yes please reach out to me on my email on my instagram i'm really really open to like share ideas because change starts from continues from us today. because change has already started and it needs it needs people to to be continued and see the real, and we us to see the change we want to see and live this world better than we found it i know that this journey is not going to be the easiest it's not going to be the most smooth because the visions feels very very deep it you you always feel like anyone who has a vision is understanding me right now whenever you have a vision of something you feel like you you want to start that same day but i know it's not going to be um it's not going to be flat there are going to be hills and valleys but i am with 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 everyone's support with um my hard to reach out to those girls and my understanding of how it feels i i really know and i'm confident that i'm going to uh, work with everyone collaborate with everyone that wants to work with me to make sure that we reach out to these girls change their lives and contribute to the development of this world at large. and yes it's not gonna be easy but we we are moving throughout
0: To stay up to date with the latest on the bell initiative and to see when that website is live you can go to bitsofgood.studio and all the information will be there if you enjoyed hearing from deborah today like i did you'll be hearing a lot more from her as she will be hosting new bits of good episodes coming up soon until then thanks for listening